Hey, thanks for being here this morning. I can tell a lot of you have been up a long time because you all showed up for the first service, but we are glad that you're here at The Journey and hanging out with us today. In fact, if this is your first time here, we'd love for you to fill out one of the connection cards that are right there in front of you. And if you would take that connection card at the end of our service out into the lobby to our guest services table, we will trade you a Journey Church for your information. Um, but we'd love to get to know who you are. Uh, one thing I want to bring to your attention real quick before I get started. Tomorrow over in Lansdowne, uh, there's a flag line for CSM Jeff Duty. Uh, Jeff passed away tragically back in June, and his wife and kids have been a part of the journey since, I think, August. Um, but they're doing something kind of neat as they head to Arlington for uh, interment for him. Um, if you have some time tomorrow morning and can be a part of that, and when drop, drop in and be a part of that flag line, that would be amazing. There's information outside when you go into the lobby where the programs are located. Uh, you can grab that information there, or I think it should be in your program, too. Uh, but it's a great way we can support one of our families here in our church. So throwing that out there, I hope that you uh, can make an effort to do that if you have time in the morning. Well, today we continue this series called Climate Change. And over the past few weeks, we've been talking about relationships. Because all of us have relationships, right? In fact, what does Jesus say? Jesus says the most important asset we have are the relationships that you and I have in our life. In Matthew chapter 22, he's asked a question, what's the most important commandment? Jesus comes back and says, there's actually two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said all the commandments, all the laws, they all follow underneath these two commands. And if you think about it, those are all about relationships. The relationship we have with God and the relationship we have with people. And so in this series, we've been talking about our relationships, partly because it's the time of year, we're going to be around some people maybe we don't really care for a whole lot, right? Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas is coming, and so we're going to be family and friends. But if we're honest, relationships are just who we are. Relationships are just a part of life. And so it's important that we have healthy relationships in any kind of setting that we are in. And so in this series, we've been focused on relationships. Now, today, we're talking about storms. Anybody ever have any conflict in a relationship? <laughs> Boo, yeah. Yeah, all of us have had conflict in relationships. Or, right now, you could be in the midst of conflict with someone who's close to you. And so this morning, I want to focus on what it looks like for us to have healthy relationships when conflict is involved. How do we deal with the conflict? As we get started today, I want to define two sets of people in here because my guess is you fall underneath one of these two categories. See, some of you in here, you're conflict enjoyers, right? Like you love conflict. You seek out conflict. You love to debate. You love to talk and talk and talk and talk. You don't ever listen, but this is who you are. And so when it comes to conflict, you just it's almost like you enjoy conflict, like there's adrenaline rush when conflict is a part of your life. Here's the problem with that. You shut other people down. When you enjoy conflict and when you talk all the time, you shut other people down. You never give them an opportunity to come back and say, well, let me share my point of view here. Because you're so focused on the conflict. Here's one of the things you have to realize if you enjoy conflict. Conflict involves two people. It's not just you. 
there's another person involved. There's two people involved within this relationship. And so you have to learn to listen and discuss whatever may be taking place. See, some of us enjoy conflict. We love conflict. But when we do not deal with conflict, guess what happens? We have stormy relationships. There's another group of people in here this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> You're the conflict enjoyers. You love to avoid. Excuse me. You're the conflict avoiders. And I apologize. I hear something clicking in my back here. So I'm throwing off. You guys hear that too? <laughs> Judy, you know what that is? Is that me? All right. Anyway, there it goes. Click, 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 click. <clears throat> if it was on a click track, it'd really help me out, but it's not. So anyway, we'll work through it. Um, we have conflict avoiders. And if you're a conflict avoider, let me tell you this. You're my people. I hate conflict. I do not like conflict. I dislike conflict with a passion. I would rather you pull out my eyebrows and then put rubbing alcohol where you pulled out those eyebrows because I just do not enjoy conflict. It is not fun. And if you're that type of person, you like to avoid conflict yourself. And in fact, if you avoid conflict, here's your three favorite words. Peace, love, and harmony, right? Like you love happiness. You think everybody should be happy. Not only that, you feel like everybody should always smile because there's no such thing as conflict in our lives. And yet many of us, we avoid conflict like the plague. We act like, and here's the problem, we act like it does not exist. You see, for us, it's not that big a deal, right? For us, we think if we avoid it, it'll go away. And so when we think about conflict, or we look at conflict, we feel like it's all going to work out in the end. But here's what we find. Does that conflict ever go away? No, it always remains. It's always there. It's always present. And here's the issue. That conflict gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because we never deal with the conflict that's there. Here's what you and I have to realize. If you're like me and you avoid conflict, conflict is real. Conflict is inevitable, and we have to deal with conflict, all right? If we avoid conflict, we have to understand that it is real and inevitable. Here's the deal. We make assumptions, though. If we enjoy conflict or we avoid it, we make assumptions about the other person, about the other people. All right, I got a chance. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to go to this. Is it the microphone? Hello? Hello? All right, we'll try this. I apologize. Anyway, back to conflict. We're having a little conflict right now, right? We dealt with it. It's healthy. So in social psychology, there's this thing called the fundamental attribution error. And in fundamental attribution error, there are two sides to every story. Now, when it comes to these two sides, here's what takes place. One side assumes something about the other side, right? In any conflict, that's, that's the case. There, there are two sides. There's assumptions that are made. Uh, in the, the business management world, they, they talk about fundamental attribution error. And here's what they say. They, they talk about management in this way. They say management will make a decision. And when management makes that decision, employees will be over at the water cooler. Not drinking the water, but they're just hanging out at the water cooler because that's what you do. And you're hanging out there. And who are you talking about? You're talking about management, right? And, and what are you saying about management? Oh, there they go again. 
They made another decision. They didn't even talk to us about it, just ramming all these decisions down our throat. We, we don't have any insight or any say into anything that happens here. But then there's management, right? And where's management? Management's in the conference room because they get the cool place to go stand and sit around. But they're drinking coffee, high-end coffee, because they can afford the high-end coffee. And so they're there in the conference room drinking this high-end coffee. And who are they talking about? The employees. And what are they saying about the employees? There they go again, not going along with another decision that we've made. See, what's happened is there have been no facts that have been transferred back, transferred back and forth. All that's taken place is assumptions. The employees are assuming things about management. Management is assuming things about the employees. And so that brings that conflict and that tension that is there. It's the exact same thing for you and I if we enjoy conflict or if we avoid conflict. We see it the same way. We assume something about the other person. If we enjoy conflict, we assume we're right, which means we assume they're wrong. And because they're wrong and we right, we're right, we go in and fight and debate so we can prove our point. Now, if we avoid conflict, we do something very different. We assume it's going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. It's really not that big of a deal. And so we have this assumption there, and so we avoid the conflict. But here's the deal. Either way, that conflict is still present. And when we assume something about the other person, about the other group of people, and we don't deal with it or we're too harsh with it, guess what happens with that conflict? It continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and more issues begin to show their ugly head. And so how do we deal with something that's inevitable. How do we deal with conflict in a healthy, Christ-like way? Well, this morning, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we are going to spend our time. It's funny, when you look in Proverbs, and if you do a search for conflict, what you will find is that it tells you the type of people who start conflicts, uh, hot-tempered, angry people, uh, people who are perverse, uh, people who are greedy, people who are liars, all that makes sense, right? Uh, but, but there's more to it because there's people who cause conflict. There's the conflict that we're a part of, but then how do we, how do we deal with conflict? And so in Proverbs 3, I think we find a, good, a very good path on what this looks like for us. And so if you have your Bible, you can look at Proverbs 3. If not, we'll put it up here on the screens, or you can follow along on your Journey Church app or also your program. But here's what it says. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. I, I kind of have this picture. Maybe your translation says, my, my son. And so I have this picture of, of Solomon, who's writing these Proverbs, and he, he grabs his son one day. He's like, hey, buddy, let's, let's go out in the pomegranate fields. Let's go talk for a little bit. I got some wisdom I, I want to share with you. And so they, they start walking down the path, and they're walking through, you know, the pomegranate trees, branches, vines, bushes, whatever pomegranates grow on. And, and so they're walking through there, and Solomon's just like, I'm just going to tell you all this good stuff. And if you do this, then your life's going to be amazing. Your life's going to be satisfying. And I imagine Solomon's son's, like, walking with him. He's like, Dad, could you hurry up? I got plans. I got places I got to be, Dad. Can you hurry up? I don't I really <laughs> Thank you, but I'm not going to do anything you say because I need to go get my own experiences, right? Because that's how we do things. But I can imagine Solomon's sort of excited about this moment to share with his kid. And he says, if you listen to me, your life will be incredible. Look what he says in verse 3. 
He says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. That very first part there, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Maybe your translation says faith or, or trust or faithfulness or love. If you look at the Hebrew there, they're all pretty much the exact same, same word is used. The translations are just a little bit different. But I, I want to talk through what loyalty and kindness look like in our relationships. Because when it comes to conflict, these are two very important characteristics that you and I need to have to deal with the conflict in our life. Let's talk about loyalty first. Loyalty is a strong feeling of support or allegiance. Think about the people that you have had or do have stormy relationships with. They're usually not people that you don't know very well, are they? They're usually not people that you have just met. No, the people that we have these stormy relationships with, uh, they tend to be people we know really well. They, they tend to be people we care for. They tend to be people we, we love. And, and for many of us, it's the people that we live with. And so when it comes to stormy relationships, when you think about the people that we have these stormy relationships with, they're people that we should be loyal to. And, and Solomon says here, loyalty is an important part of any relationship. Let's go back and talk about the conflict enjoyers and avoiders. If you enjoy conflict, you're not loyal to that relationship. In fact, if you enjoy conflict, you're loyal to only one thing and to yourself. It's all about you. Again, your assumption is that you are right and they're wrong. And so you look at yourself and say, I've got to do whatever I can to protect myself. Which is funny because what does Jesus say? That second command, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't say, love yourself as yourself or love your neighbor second after yourself. No, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And for many of us, when we enjoy conflict, for us, the real issue is that we're loyal to me. If we want to have healthy relationships, if we want to deal with conflict in a healthy way, we have to be loyal to that relationship. We have to be loyal to that parent, to that child, to that husband, to that wife, to that best friend. Because that's what that relationship is really about. Solomon says, be loyal. Don't put yourself first. And yet many times we do just that when we enjoy conflict. But then for those of us that are conflict avoiders, it's the opposite. In fact, we're very loyal. We're loyal to a fault. We take it way beyond loyalty. And for us, when we think about this loyalty with someone else, we think dealing with the conflict is actually being disloyal to that person and being disloyal to that relationship. We'd rather be bad at conflict than be disloyal to that husband or that wife. We'd rather be loyal to that person and avoid the conflict than, um, than that, that child that we struggle with. See, we get to this place where, for us, we believe that that individual, and sometimes we'll even say this, that they deserve someone better than me. That's how far our loyalty goes. We'll say they deserve a better spouse, a better parent, a better kid, a better friend, because we're so loyal to the relationship beyond anything that we should be. 
And so we struggle with loyalty when it comes to the relationships we have. And so being loyal means dealing with the conflict and engaging in the conversation with that person we have conflict with. Loyalty is tough. I understand that. I know that. But when it comes to loyalty, when it comes to the relationships we have and the conflict that is there, we have to choose the right next step to take to deal with that conflict, to show that we're loyal to that person that we're in that relationship with. Well, Solomon doesn't finish with loyalty. He also talks about kindness. And when you think about kindness, we're talking about some considerate or helpful act. If you're a conflict enjoyer, Again, you want to battle it out. Uh, you, you want to you fight. And when you think about kindness, you think that's being too nice in the relationship. When you think about kindness, you feel like you've lost the battle. And so kindness is such an important part for a conflict enjoyer. If you're a conflict enjoyer, kindness need, means that you are quiet. That you listen to what the other person has to say. You think you have to be heard, but the truth is you don't. You can share, and we'll talk about this a little bit. You can share what you're feeling. You can share your experience, but at the same time, you have to learn to listen and to be quiet. Stephen Covey, the author and businessman, said, I'm going to seek first to understand before being understood. Sometimes when we enjoy conflict, we have to get to a place of just stopping and being quiet and listening. Or as we tell our kids, zip it, lock it, put it in your pocket, right? Zip it up, lock it, put that key in your pocket. Don't say a word. But when you enjoy conflict, it's hard to not be that type of individual. We've got to understand before being understood. And that shows that kindness. Now for others of us, again, you may tend to go where I go, which means to avoid conflict. If you're a conflict avoider, you think by not dealing with the issue, you're being kind. But that just hurts the relationship that is there. And so kindness means actually having a conversation with the other person. Now, if you avoid conflict, here's my guess. This is what takes place for you because I know I've done this. You've got conflict with somebody, but you haven't dealt with it. So what do you begin to do? You begin to play the scenario over in your mind, right? You start to think about what that conversation is going to be like with that other person. And so you, you sit down and you think, okay, I've got this conflict with this boss, with my parent, with this kid. And so you start to think, okay, this is how this conversation is going to go. And the first time you think about it, it's not really that bad if you really think about it. But here's what happens. You never deal with the conflict, do you? And, and so the next night you can't sleep because you're thinking about the conflict. And what do you do? You play that same scenario over in your mind again, but it gets a little worse. And you never deal with it. And the next night you can't sleep again. You think about the same conflict over again. And what happens? You add a little bit more to it. And so by the end of a month, a year, whatever it is, it's like a nightmare. And so you have this nightmare of something that honestly really wasn't that big from the very beginning. But you've let it fester over time to this point of you've built up this huge issue. What I find is when I've done that, and I've done that a couple of times with, with conflict I've had. When I've gone to that individual, like, hey, we got to talk. You know, here, here's something that's going on. I, I need to work through this with you. I don't know how many times the person has said, well, I didn't even know there was a conflict there. It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you, your heart rate goes up. Your blood pressure is terrible. All these type of things because you worked it up in, in your mind. 
Or they'll say, wow, I didn't realize that I did that or said that. Oh, how can I, how can I help you through this? How can we work together to get beyond this conflict? See, when you avoid conflict, sometimes you play it up in your mind. We think it's kind to not deal with it, but it's not. We have to learn to engage in the conversation that is there. Loyalty and kindness are so important when it comes to the relationships that we have. And especially when we're trying and working to deal with conflict within those relationships. I think that's why Solomon writes those last few words in Proverbs 3.3. 3. He says, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. He's like, kid, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something that's going to save your relationships. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. And then he talks about these two symbolic things. You know, if you, you've got those things wrapped around your neck and, and close to your heart, guess what? They become a part of who you are. That's the whole idea there, that loyalty and kindness, they become a part of who we are. We are. They become a part of our DNA. They become a part of our character. And when they become a part of our character, it begins to change the relationships that we have. And when conflict comes around, and that's a part of our character, that's a part of our soul, that's a part of our heart, we deal with conflict in a healthy way. But then he says, here's the result from that. Verse 4. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. What does Jesus say? The most important assets we have are our relationships. The most important assets we have are our relationships. And when we are loyal and kind, again, those trusting, loving, faithful in those relationships, when those things are happening, when they're a part of our character and our DNA, Guess what begins to happen? Others notice. Not only others, but God notices too. And we begin to gain favor with with God and with people. Our reputation begins to, to change with other people. They see us, and you know what? If we ever have a conflict with them, and they've seen how we've dealt with other conflict, they begin to respect us. They begin to show us a lot of grace and love in those tough times. There's, there's admiration that can be a part of that. But we have to begin by being loyal and kind in the relationships that you and I have. And when we do that, we'll find that favor. We'll find that good reputation that I think so many of us want. Because here's what I can tell you. If you're a conflict enjoyer, people know it. All right? And people don't want to deal with you. They want to stay away from you. And if you're a conflict avoider, guess what? People really don't want to deal with you either because they know you're going to be too nice about it and you're not going to deal with it if they have an issue. They don't know how you're going to respond in that moment. And so for all of us, it's so important that we have that loyalty and kindness melted, tattooed onto our heart so that we can find that favor and good reputation that Solomon talks about here in Proverbs 3. Conflict is inevitable. How we deal with it is what's important. I want to give you this morning, I'm going to give you four next steps that we can take when it comes to conflict that can help us be loyal and kind and faithful and trusting and loving when we have conflict in our relationships because conflict's going to be there. It's always going to be there. In fact, uh, in 20 years of ministry, 
I've never had anybody say, hey, can, can we meet? Sure, let's get together. And we sit down and we meet. I'm like, hey, how can I help you? And they've said to me, you can't do anything. Everything's great. My life is wonderful. My marriage is amazing. My kids do everything I tell them to do. I've got this great job. We're getting, making a lot of money. I, I, I don't ever sin anymore. I mean, this is the greatest life ever. And I look at them like, you're wasting my time. Get out of my office. I mean, that's, that's a waste of time. About 99.5% of the time, people want to meet with me. It's about one thing. It's conflict. There's a conflict with the relationship that they have. And so the truth is, and you all know this, conflict is present. And so, again, how do we deal with it in healthy ways when storms arise? Here are the four next steps that I would give you this morning. First one is this. Be specific. Be specific. Know the problem. Know the issue. If you're a conflict avoider, you have that moment where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. And you sit down and you talk to that individual. Here's usually what happens. You start talking, but you don't really say anything. <laughs> you start talking in circles. And the other person's like, hey, so what's the issue here? Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. And you keep talking in circles. Well, what's the issue? I, I'm going to get to that. And you, you just keep talking in circles the whole time. You never, ever say what the issue is. It's so important that we're specific with what that issue is, what that problem is that we're facing. In fact, uh, an idea, and counselors would tell you to do this too, especially if you're an avoider, get a piece of paper, get a pen, and write down what that conflict is. And then set up a time to meet with that individual, sit down in front of them, and then read exactly what you wrote down. Sometimes it's hard to, to talk just from the heart. And so this is a moment for you to write it out and to be able to share with that person what that conflict is for you. But it's so important that we're specific in what that issue is. Here's the second thing. Attack the problem. Attack the problem. Those of you that are conflict enjoyers, um, you like to attack the people, Okay. Not a good tax to take, all right? Attack the issue. Attack the problem. You know what the issue is. You know what the problem is. Now attack the problem, not the person. Focus on the problem. A lot of times if we enjoy conflict, we'll attack the person. And does that help at all with the conflict that's there? No. It makes it worse. And that brings hatred and other things into the, the, four, into the, the picture that we're, we're painting here. And so we have to make sure not only are we specific, but that we're also attacking the problem and not the person. The third thing I would say is listen and clarify. Listen and clarify. Again, so much good can come out of conflict when we just listen. I know you want to defend yourself. I, I know you want to tell what you think has happened. I know you want to share your two cents worth, but, but maybe when you get to that point of saying, hey, here's a conflict I have, we just stop and we listen. We get feedback from the other person. We get their side of the story. Maybe it's not exactly what we thought was going on. Maybe there was something happening in their life. Maybe we were right all along, but we'll never know if we don't listen. But then here's the other thing I would say, clarify. When they say, hey, here's an issue, and you hear that, go back to them. If you don't understand, like, I understand the issue you're bringing up, but can you clarify what that means? Can you, can you clarify what that looks like? Can you give me experiences that share with me the facts that you're bringing to my attention? Listen and clarify. 
Be specific, attack the problem, listen and clarify, and then lastly, here's the last thing I would say, be patient. And this one's key, because it's really hard to be patient when you want to protect yourself, right? When you feel like you're right in this, you want a resolution to the conflict right then and there. Sometimes we just have to be patient. Sometimes that's days, weeks, maybe even months. It could be even years for some conflicts because they've been going around for so long. Be patient. However long it takes, be patient when conflict is there. Give them time to breathe. Give them time to respond. Because the only way we can deal with conflict is if we do it together, one-on-one, or one-on-a-group, whatever it may be. But we do it in such a way that we understand that we are here to help the relationship, not to make it worse. And there may be some pain when you share those things, right? It, it may make that relationship a little, a little tough for a period of time. But here's what you're doing. You're beginning down a path of resolution, of healing, within that relationship that you have. Conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen if you're not experiencing it right now. And so being able to take steps that can help us move in a healthy direction, that can help us be loyal, help us be kind in the relationships we have, can change the way that our relationships are and can take care of the conflict that is present. I love... What Solomon writes, we read this last week. There's one more important part to this. Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. In the big scheme of things, we can try to do this on our own, and maybe we get it right. Or we can try to do things on our own, and maybe we're going to get it wrong. But what would happen if we trusted God through all of it? What would happen if we said, God, I need to deal with my parent. God, I need to have this conversation with my kid. God, I need to have this conversation with my husband. God, I need to have this conversation with my spouse, with my my best friend. I've got to have this conversation. That conflict is there, and it's, it's tearing us apart. God... I don't know what to do. I mean, here's these four next steps Chad gave me, but they're really not working right now at this moment. i got to put all my trust and faith in you. What would happen if we let God lead us down that path? What would happen if we allowed God to, to take us through that conflict because we put our trust and our faith in God? Look, in the end, This is the most important thing that we can do when conflict is present, when those storms are there in the lives that we have and the relationships we have with other people. Allow God to lead you through that. Uh, Allow God to take you down that path to heal that relationship. Put your trust and faith in God. And then be loyal and kind and see what God can do when we have those storms. I'm going to give you some homework to do this week. I have a question that I want you to answer for yourself. What relationship in your life do you have right now that has stormy weather?
Some of you know already. I mean, it's like tattooed on your forehead. You know who it is. You know that person. You know you're getting ready to see them in about, oh, what, about 24 days or 21 days when they come in for Thanksgiving. They're going to be here for Christmas, or you're going to go see them. You know it's coming, right? And you've been avoiding it, or you're already trying to build up your, your, your list of things you're going to throw in their face. Look, pray. Start praying now. Say, God, please help me to deal with this in a healthy way. And maybe for others of us in here, you don't know who you have conflict with. I'm not saying you do have conflict, but maybe there's somebody in your life that there's a conflict that you didn't know about. And maybe you can just start asking God, God, is there someone I need to have a conversation with? And let God lead you to that place. A conflict, again, it's inevitable. It will happen. How we deal with it is so important. Stormy relationships are going to be there. But we have the opportunity to deal with them in a healthy and, I think, Christ-like way. If that loyalty is there, if that kindness is there, if we attack the problem, if we're specific with it, if we listen, if we clarify, if we're patient, and more importantly, if God is leading us, we can make it through any storm that may be there. That's my hope, and that's my prayer for you and for me in the relationships that we have. Let's pray.